You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Up Your Brave show here with Natalie Cutler-Welsh on Reality Check Radio. And today I've got my lovely friend, Tessa Livingston, talking to us. She is a voiceover artist, podcaster, content creator, and speaker. Hey, Tessa. Hi, how you doing? I'm so good. And you guys cannot see because we're audio only, but I can see Tessa's got this amazing podcast studio, this little padded room that she sits in for amazing quality audio. So good. (laughs) It's fantastic. Just duvets on the wall. That's all you need for sound treatment. That's wonderful. (laughs) We actually have this canvas. Um, It's like this random canvas painting that my kids found on the side of the road. It's like one meter by one meter. They Mm -hmm. brought it home. My husband painted it white and put it on the ceiling. And that's part of our soundproofing. Good job. I like it. I love it. (laughs) Okay. So today we're going to be diving in to the topic of trusting your authentic voice and mental health awareness. So let's, let's start off with, um, you know, I guess kind of how have things been for you? I know you've been in the world of voiceover and podcasting and and everything voice, um, but also like for everyone, you know, the last three years has been a journey. So I guess I'm just going to start with the basic, like how have the last three years been for you? The last three years have been rough. <laughs> They've been rough, you know. Like the the world has been such in such a interesting and and uh, and oh, I wanted to say tumultuous, but I don't even think that that's a word. What's that word? I can't even spell that word. But yeah, Tum- it it's been in a, diff- a difficult phase. And um and you know I've been in that much like you, Nat. I've I've been in the same sort of wavelength and thinking that things aren't quite right and and not really um going with what the the main core of the world was going with. So um that was really really tough. And it uh, and it changed a lot of things for me. It really forced me to um find what I love doing and um and really and really be there, not sort of do what I think I should be doing or what other people think I should be doing. To preface that for everybody, um, I'm I'm technically a speech therapist. I trained at Canterbury University and then was working as a speech therapist for a little while, um, specialising in voice. And when everything happened over the last few years, I wasn't able to do that anymore. And it actually really made me reevaluate that I didn't like it. It, it wasn't for me. And so I had to try and forge a different path while being, you know, feeling like the world was collapsing around me and and all that sort of stuff. So it's it's been it's been quite tricky. It's but beautiful, but tricky all in the same go. It's so fascinating this this topic of people a lot of people have reimagined their life, you know, and whether that's because they were mandated or their job just changed or whatever mm. over the last 3 years, particularly really reflecting on what is important to me. How do I want to show up? What do I want to be doing with the, all these hours in the day? Like what actually br- does bring me joy? So I know that the voice thing always does bring you joy. And that's how you and I met. Um, so is that something that you think, uh, like, do you, th- do you think a lot of people are not using their voice the way they should be? And yet that can be in a, in a career capacity or just in a speaking your truth capacity. Uh, absolutely. It's um it's an extremely difficult thing to do. It's not a thing that we're ever encouraged to do. If you think about us as children, we you know we start at a very early age being told to shush if we're being too loud, or you know, or to um oh, what's the uh, that uh, that old favourite? Um, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. You heard that phrase before? <laughs> you know, that's what we all grew up with, and it and it encourages us to change and manipulate our thoughts and feelings and the way that we express ourselves at a very very early age. So, and absolutely, especially over the last few years, people have been not necessarily squashed vocally, but they're 
but their person has been squashed, their surroundings have been squashed, and as a direct result of that, the voice goes as well. You know, it gets um, it gets physically hard to say what you want to say or what you need to say because you haven't been given the grace to do so. It gets really, really hard. Squashed is an interesting word. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, <laughs> I definitely feel like that. I definitely mm. feel like, you know, squashed or quashed or pushed back. These are words I use for myself. Or yeah. I've had, you know, barricades put in my way. Uh, you know, I've been shamed and bullied. Like, those are all the words that I've had. And I think a lot of people can resonate with some of those words. But definitely being squashed um, mm. in some way. Or squeezed into the corner, like we listen. If you don't have anything, that, if you don't have anything to say that's along the lines of the narrative, don't say anything at all. Is almost yep. how we've been told. Yeah, absolutely. And it gets it, every every time that happens, it gets harder and harder to to do it again. And also, in in that, there's also a, a way of learning how to communicate authentically that actually isn't going to, you know, like to get other people's backs up or to maybe actually feel confident in your own authentic voice without actually having to say stuff out loud. We have internal voice and external voice and there's nothing wrong with feeling confident in your thoughts and feelings internally and not having to share them externally. That's actually just, I I find that's actually just as powerful as being able to do both, Um, you know, feeling so okay with the, the thoughts and feelings that you have and letting them resonate in you. It actually, I find that that helps to release your voice later on because you've really decided for yourself what's important to say out loud and what isn't. It's quite, that's been an interesting journey for me over the last three years, deciding where my voice is needed and where my voice is not. And almost like conserving myself to be like, no, I feel confident in what I'm thinking. And I'm going to keep that internal space and that internal strength for me. Because if I, if I use it out loud, my external voice might be shut down and then my internal voice will start to feel shut down. So that's been an interesting journey as well. I love that you highlighted that. I hadn't really thought about that in that way before, the internal and the external. And I mm. think for a lot of our listeners, that will be a sense of relief because I imagine a lot of people feel like, oh, I really should, you know, quotation, I really should speak up or I really should mm. say a little bit more. I really should be a bit more challenging mm. rather than keeping it all inside. Well, I feel like there's something energetically with your frequency. If you feel at peace with your views and the voice in your head, and you really feel in tune with that, I, that's powerful. That is powerfully going to affect things ener- anyway, even if it doesn't come out your mouth. Is that true? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you're now operating on your own frequency of, you know, that whole, um, if you see somebody living by example, even if you don't know what that example is, you can see them feeling being at peace with them, with with themselves, and you feel more gravitated towards them. You feel more comfortable around them, or whatever it is. We've all had that experience of our our internal voice saying something, like we're feeling uncomfortable about something, or you know something's getting our back up, or whatever it is. And then we go to speak, and this voice comes out that just sounds completely like this, and they and they don't and they don't match. Or what, you know, what would have, why did we need to use that external voice? It's okay for that internal voice to go, oh, yeah, that that feels yucky. That feels awful. I really, really don't like that. But I feel at peace with me and my sense of this. If I share this out loud, something is going to, you know, something might come back to me in a frequency that I don't want because it wasn't an authentic frequency for me to share at that moment. Mm. Not saying that we shouldn't stand up, not, sh- not saying that we shouldn't speak out and um, and share our truths more, but there's also great value in knowing your own truth and keeping that for you. Mm. 
It definitely. That's so, that's so important for people to realize and to give themselves, you know, permission to not feel like they have to speak, but when they do feel compelled, go for it. Mm. Um, there are certainly ways to say things. I know that sometimes my sister told me, you know, sometimes when I'm, I get so excited about things that she's like, oh my gosh, like you don't have to attack me. And she's, I was like, no, I'm not mm. attacking you. I'm just like, feel really strongly about this. And, um, and to be fair, you know, she has been on the receiving end of a lot of my thoughts um, mm. over the past three years. And um, it's good for her to be, feel free to say, I feel like when you, you're, I feel like you're attacking me. And she literally puts yeah. her hands up and makes this, you know, defense position. Yeah. Um, but of course, not everyone's going to, you know, she's my sister. She can say that, but not everyone's yes. going to have someone that will say that. So it is good to be aware of how we come across. How do you strike that balance, right? Of being aware how we come across and making it palatable versus being our true authentic self and really expressing how we feel, whether that's what they want to hear or not. I think it's taking the time to sit and breathe. And it sounds so stupidly simple. And it's because it is. But it's also really, really hard to engage with. We often get these, like like you said before, these senses of should or these senses of I have to speak up about this. Like if someone has an opinion about something that you're like, I absolutely fundamentally disagree with that. And that nearly that feeling of should or have to comes up. Actually, if you can have a think about what value your words are going to have in that moment, it'll give you an understanding as to whether you should or shouldn't, I think. There's, I think if you can look at the intent behind your words mm. and then look at the effect they're going to have, well, if my intent is to either uh, tear down your opinion or make you change your mind, those two intents probably aren't very helpful for the energy and the frequency of the room, right? Because if you throw those things out there, you're going to be met with the same frequency. No one is all of a sudden going to go, oh, yes, I agree with you now. <laughs> you know, that that doesn't happen like that. So I think un when you're in rooms and situations like that, understand what your intent is behind your words. And I think that's a step that people don't take. Why are you saying what you're about to say? What do you want from what you're going to say? And actually, if you can take a moment to just breathe and go, oh, that I didn't like that opinion and it made me upset and I wanted to hurt that person or I wanted to shame that person. You know, these are pretty big feelings and we don't always accept that actually that's what we want to do to people in moments like that. If we can take a moment to sit and breathe and go, actually, if I say that, the value of this is that it's going to do that to that person and I'm going to get this back it's probably not worth saying mm -hmm. so it's worth to just sit and and feel okay with being upset you don't have to challenge everybody and then the word convince comes to mind for me mm. too it's 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 trying to there's some people that I'm like you know I call them the unconvincibles and I'm like <laughs> I just you know it's not that I've given up but it's like Nat honestly you know you've they know your views, you know, it is what it is kind of mm. thing. And then, you know, I've got a, a wonderful group of girls. Um, we have a group called sleeping partners because we all have partners that are kind of asleep. And, um, and we, and I've decided, okay, sometimes I'm going to not try to convince or change someone's mind. In fact, I'm just going to try to visualize them having, you know, coming to the uh, realizations on their own and, mm. and really putting that out as a, I guess that's manifesting in a way, but, you know, putting that out that vision that, that they will come to realizations on their own, in their own way, in their own time yeah. and trying to be more at peace with it rather than me being on my crusader mode yeah, of trying yeah. to convince. And it's hard. It's hard. Something I've, I've sort of had to learn over the last three years and I've had it reflected back to me a few times with a few people that I've encountered. And it's been, it's been such an interesting, an interesting thing. It's not, it's not my job to convince other people of their journeys. You know, it's it's my job to exist in my own. And if other people feel 
that my journey resonates with them, then absolutely they'll come alongside me. But if I'm um, forcing out an energy that's, you know, trying to convince or trying to, you know, whatever it is, that energy does nothing. And we, we've all we've all seen that before. We've all seen the people screaming on the sides of the streets or, you know, yelling at you through a TikTok video. Everyone just goes, blah, I don't want any of that. <laughs> but if somebody's just speaking and just being and existing inside their journey, the effect you have on other people's journeys is huge if that's right for them. You know, it, I, I think I think it's just it's not for us to intentionally go, well, I'm going to you, you're going to you're going to come over here with me and it's going to be great. That might not be their journey. And, you know, what? they might get there in 20 years on their own anyway. And that's and that's just fine. And that sounds like a long time, but OK. Yeah, it does sound like oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe four days. <laughs> I'll, ch- I'll change my number. <laughs> Um, I'm going to ask you at the end where people can find you. But speaking of TikTok, I know mm. that I've watched some of yours where you do these voiceovers, um, yes. not voice. Yeah, you do kind of like, I'm not sure, voiceovers or before and after type stuff. Can you give us a little demo of something? A little demo of something? Oh, my days. Oh, that's exciting. Well, um, I do uh, I do character voices and, and things as well, which is uh, which is really fun. I um, I like to mimic and just, just to practice and to play. Like a couple of my favorites... Um, Oh, who's off the top of my head? Ash Ketchum from Pokemon was one of my major favorites because he's got that cool American accent. He's like a 12-year-old boy. And he just sounds like he's excited all the time. It's amazing. So that's, that was one of my favorites. <laughs> but, <laughs> but one of my other favorites is Janice from Friends. Chandler! Oh, and she has that, you know, that ama- oh my God, that amazing, like, high-pitched nasal voice. Um I love doing those sorts of things. And then there's, you know, like that that retail kind of sound that's the, um, oh, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Whether you're looking to impress the kids, the neighbours, or the entire neighbourhood, you'll find the best lot of fireworks at our store. You know, those really fun sort of voices. I love You're doing so good. Oh, my God. For my (laughs) listeners, I did not even give her the heads up. I didn't even, like, tell her. So thank you for being spontaneously able to answer that question. That's fine. That's fine. Oh my gosh. That's what I love doing. So um, I'm more than happy. That's fine by me. I know. So I wanted to ask you about mechanics of voice because oh, I know yeah. that's something you love talking about. I don't really know what it means, but you, I know you love to talk about trusting your authentic voice and the energy with mechanics or something yeah. like that? What does that mean? So what that means is is it's basically body awareness. So we, we use our voice on such a Oh, what's the word I want? Uh, kind of like instinctual or habitual kind of nature. We just use it. It's a, it's a thing that just does what it does. It's like, you know, the way that your hand knows how to do things. Your voice just knows how to do things. You can just talk. But the thing that that can sometimes limit us in is that it can limit us from understanding that our voice can actually be inhibiting us in certain ways because of the way that we habitually use it. So, um, for example, when I was when I was a when I was a young lass, I um, used to one. I used to talk up here, so my voice was really really high and like up in my cheeks and very very bright. And I used to giggle at the ends of all of my sentences <laughs> and do that. And um, and my mum. Why mom do you call- think you did that? Well, I know now. It took me years to figure it out. But and my mum called me out on it. She's like, Tessa, you giggle at the end of all of your sentences. I was like, No, I don't. I'm still <laughs> giggling at the end of everything. And um, and it was really bizarre. And then I noticed it, and I was like, Oh my days! I do. I giggle at the end of everything. But it was when I was in my teenage years. And a giggling, happy voice is a voice that won't get picked on. <laughs> I'm not upset. What? <laughs> no, you can't upset me. I'm fine. You know, it was um, it was me protecting myself mm. from 
other people from from other people thinking that I was upset or that you know if I, if I'm laughing and giggling I'm agreeable you can't be mean to an agreeable person so um, it was me masking and protecting and it took me a really really long time to drop my voice to allow it to sort of sit you know more in my chest and a little bit heavier and it and it, the thing that actually took the longest to go away was my smile. Now that sounds ridiculous, but if you're if you're a person who resonates with this, you'll know exactly what I mean. We spend all of this time, and you can't see me because I'm on radio. But um, you know, my eyebrows are up, my cheeks are up. I've got this this smile on my face constantly. Perma grin. Yeah, and I had to learn how to move those things away so that I could actually just be a human. I didn't have to present. In a certain way, so um, we can working with the mechanics of the voice. So mechanics basically just meaning the functioning of the voice, the anatomy and physiology of it all. Knowing how certain ways we use it can really affect the way that we use our voice. So for for women, women has a, we have a really great example. It's all kind of in the same sort of realm of what I was just talking about. But we all um, lots of women have voices like this quite high, quite light, and they don't have a lot of power to them. Like, uh, you can't really hear any of my voice happening in my chest, whereas my natural voice, you can hear it now, it's got a much lower frequency and it's, it's much heavier down low. Now, there is nothing wrong with that style of voice. That style of voice exists for a very, very prominent reason. It keeps us safe, it keeps us agreeable, all kinds of things, and I know women will really, really understand that. But it inhibits us from using our voices in different ways to communicate other emotions. A voice like this really struggles to get angry. A voice like this struggles to be loud. So by knowing that we sit in certain places or maybe that we don't quite breathe properly, like if we're always holding onto our stomachs to make sure that we look thin like the girls in the magazines and are standing up nice and tall because we need to stand up nice and tall, actually if we're always holding onto it, that part of our body, we can't breathe low and then if we can't breathe low, we can't use our big, strong voices because they're completely inhibited by the musculature of the body. They just are. So that's what I'm talking about when I say using your mechanics for your authentic voice or using your mechanics to understand yourself, experimenting with the body and how it functions to allow more of your vocal expression to come across, whether that's actually letting yourself get angry or um, letting yourself uh, express joy or you know whatever it is. The way that our voices work and the way that we habitually use them can often inhibit us from doing those things. Because some people will have the opposite habit, I guess, uh, opposite to your chirpy, cheery one, is more monotone, more just really flat almost. Yes. Um, can can people that tend to speak more like that, I, I imagine if I spoke like that, I feel like I would feel like that. So how much does the way that you speak impact how you actually feel? Huge. Huge. It doesn't affect everybody. Obviously, we're all on a scale of how um, of how our bodies influence us in the real world. But oh, if you think about it this way, if um, if I if I have a really uh, oh, I'll try <laughs> try and put it on, so my voice doesn't always do this. If I have a really flat sort of monotone voice and I and I don't do this sort of thing, what actually ends up happening is that people perceive me a certain way, and then they reflect how I should be back to me, and then I adopt those because the world's a mirror. So why would I, you know, oh, you know, Tessa's, um, I, I don't think she should give that presentation. She's a little bit boring. 
like those things it's not necess- it's it's more that the world reflects what we sound and look like back to us and then we fill that space because that's what the world is telling us so it can it's the same like when we use um like the way that we think in our head our mindset oh i'm i'm not good at this i'm 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 never turning up early i'm never blah 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 blah, blah. those things affect our behavior just like the way that our voice and the tone and the quality can affect our behavior because it gets reflected back to us so quickly when you had the the happy voice, let's call it, you know, the one yes. where you're speaking from with your cheeks and really <laughs> yeah. high and very agreeable, did you find that people liked you, but you had, once you dropped your voice, did you end up having actual deeper connections with people and they took you more seriously? Absolutely. Um, I actually found that having that, that initial voice actually kept people at a very, very arm's length from me because it's not real and people don't engage with unreal or inauthentic or the people that did were not the people I actually wanted to engage with because I was welcoming in something that was resonating with what I was putting out as opposed to putting out what I wanted to be resonating and bringing the people in that way Mm -hmm. so yeah absolutely I found that um the more I and it's it's a bit of an odd term but the more that I sat on my voice and what I mean by that is that I allowed it to sit in my chest I allowed it to feel comfortable inside my throat is that the the people I needed to turn up in my life were more likely to because the frequency and the words and the energy that came with my voice came back to me. Mm. Mm. For the people that are listening, I am very keen to hear if this is resonating for you and specifically what, you know, we talked about the internal and the external voice. We talked about what is the intent when you um, mm. talk to someone, are you trying to convince them or are you just really wanting to open their eyes? Sometimes the value of, um, of keeping your thoughts inside and being at peace with that, but also being aware of how you do speak, whether you speak with a, a voice that's a little bit put on or whether you've sat on your own voice. We would love mm. to hear from you. You can send a text to, zero, to 2057 or inbox at realitycheck.radio for the email. We would love to hear from you. And by the way, if you do message us, we love to know where you are. So geographically, if you can say your first name and where you live, we can do a little shout out if we happen to read your comments. Um, but if you if you don't want us to read them out loud, no worries, you can just say anonymous. Um, so Tessa, what else have you got to share with us around this interesting topic of authentic voice and also mental health awareness? I think personally, it sounds like reflecting back to you, it sounds like if people are more likely to use their authentic voice, they are more likely to have, I imagine, better mental health because they're being more true to who they are. Yeah. Is that something that people, it sounds kind of not easy, but kind of something, suddenly people can be like, wow, I have been putting on a bit of a voice. And when you're putting on a voice, you're kind of putting on a show, which means you're not being truly who you are. What yeah. are your thoughts around that in terms of how it does relate to mental health and happiness? Well, yeah, it, it does. When you're putting on those sounds, like uh, I, I invite people to think about the last time they went to a, a party or a group of people that maybe they weren't so comfortable with it. With And, um, and we all have, it's like your telephone voice. It's like that immediate, like, hello, Tessa speaking. Like it's, you know, it's that, it's that higher, you know, and, and it is, it's, it's, it's normally raised for everybody. I don't know a lot of people who, um, the only people that this happens for, they, they tend to retract and their voices get lower and deeper because they don't really want to be interacting. So they tend to go the other way. But for those of us who are a little bit more, well, I'm here and I need to make the best of it. <laughs> that voice that comes out. Notice how exhausted you are when you come home. Notice the, the level of 
effort that had to go into your performance to be inside that space. And if you do feel like that when you come home from somewhere, take note of what your voice sounded like and how your body felt in that space. I can guarantee you it'll be tight, your shoulders will be pulled back, your chest will be up, your head will be raising a lot, which is really, really effortful for the body to do. And the voice goes in the same direction. It raises, it gets brighter, it gets harder to use and we're, and you know, and we and we overdo it. So if we're if we are sitting in that space, what I invite you to do is just to kind of look at okay, okay, well, why was I doing that? What in that space was making me uncomfortable? What did I engage with that maybe I just didn't need to engage with? You know, is there that person in there that you always think that you have to make an impression of or you don't really like them, but you feel like you need to talk to them anyway? Like those all of those things. By doing all of those practices, we're just reinforcing that our authentic internal voice is wrong and we're trying to cover it. You know, we spend so much time trying to trying to fill silences. This is something I've had to learn over the years is that actually just because it's quiet doesn't mean I have to speak. You know, it's, it's okay to be sitting in those spaces. So if we're looking to increase our authentic voice, it actually comes from gut feelings and going... I don't want to speak to that person. I don't have to speak to that person. And that is totally fine. You are well within your rights to do that. Obviously, don't be rude and don't be mean. We're not about that life. But it's totally okay for you to listen to that inner voice because every time you do that, you're just getting in reps and going, yep, I'm trusting my inner voice. I'm trusting my inner voice. And every time we do that, the outer voice is going to start feeling more confident to go, no, actually, I don't want to do that. And that's fine. You know, it's, it's, it's that balance of, starting to listen to the voice you have in your gut because it knows so much and that that is that's your inner voice so once you start listening to that and going actually I'm just going to pause my external voice for a little bit and listen to that internal one then the external voice has the chance to actually fully bring out what is going on internally did that answer your question? I feel like it I went did. on a loop. <laughs> no, it's great. And I think for a lot of people, it's like, okay, giving self permission to not have to put on a performance, yes. you know, if they're meeting with friends or at a, you know, my scenario at a networking event, or mm. even, you know, in the school holidays, we had a family reunion of sorts. My sister flew over from America. My other sister came up from Tauranga. My parents live in Wellington. They came up, we all met in Taupo and, um, you know, so it's like we're having connecting with people that some of them we hadn't seen some of them in four years. Mm. And so even whatever your scenario is, whether it's a social setting or a work setting to just go, you don't have to put on a performance, just allow mm. yourself to, I'm going to say, sit on your voice. Cause I yeah. like that phrase yeah. to drop in to who you are and then speak from that place rather than what might've become a habit. Uh, like yeah. you were saying before, for some people. It is what if someone okay, though? So I, I just want to add into yeah. this because I think this is really important. It's actually okay to use those voices as well. Our voice is um, is a safety mechanism. It's a part of the body that helps to keep us safe in certain environments. If you're in an environment where you do feel uncomfortable and you feel that by using this voice, it's going to get you through it and then you can leave, that is totally fine. Don't think that using these voices is a negative thing. Just be aware of them and that if you are using them all the time, maybe you need to look at it. But if you're, you know, if most of the time you're feeling really comfortable, but then you go into a situation where you don't feel comfortable, there's nothing wrong with using those. Our, our voice is designed to help keep mm. us safe as well. So don't, don't punish yourself if you have been using them. Just take stock and have a look at why and make your choices either way. Yeah. I love that because some people might think, oh, I don't really like 
cocktail parties or whatever, but then mm. they realize, well, it's actually because they've been subconsciously putting on this different voice. And when they don't do that, they're not as exhausted and it's actually more enjoyable. Yeah. What about times when they do want to put on a bit of a performance? <laughs> so whether they're presenting a report yeah. to the AGM or something at work <laughs> or, or they're doing like most of my people would be doing a webinar mm. or speaking in some way, what guidance do you have in terms of either breathing or mindset activities to, to be able to speak with confidence, but still authentically using their voice. Yeah, cool. Um, this always comes down to breath for me. Often what happens when we start presenting or we start talking in front of people is that we get this really short, shallow breath that comes in like this and we start and if you do that at home for yourself just now you'll feel your shoulders start to rise the back of your neck starts to come up the front of the throat gets tight and all of those sorts of things and and what that does is that actually limits our self-expression one because we can't breathe properly but two because we can't breathe properly the musculature around the throat and the neck are all starting to close down and it makes our voice really really hard to use and I can demonstrate that for you now we're going to do an exercise ha 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 exercises um so what I'll get everybody to do is to um, we're going to take a breath in doesn't matter how it comes in and then you're going to expel all of your air so you're just going to blow it out blow it out blow it out as fast as you can your stomach's going to start to get really really tight and as you feel like you have no more air left you're just going to release the muscles in your abdominal wall that have gotten tight and you're just going to feel how how much breath you get so I'll talk us all through it but we'll do it all together so taking a nice easy breath in blowing all your air out as fast as you can all the way to the end until you feel like you've got no more air left and the tummy's gotten really 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 tight and as soon as it's gone all the way to the end just let your belly go and let air come in it just floods into the body which is really really cool and so what I encourage people to do is to get familiar with that release and contraction of the diaphragm of the abdominal walls because as we learn to breathe into this space what that does is it helps keep your voice grounded it helps keep your pace under control we all know that when we get up and start to speak man can we ramble and I talk fast already so this is something I've really had to work on as well it keeps our voice grounded it stops our pacing it stops our voice raising in pitch and it also keeps our oxygen in check like we're getting enough ear to be able to talk, which is really cool. So you can practice that really, really easily by just breathing all of your ear out, letting the belly get tight, and then releasing the belly as it's gotten tight. And then you can just sit with that and see if you can get that lower breath going. But that's always my advice to, to speakers is just to start with the breath, because without breath, we don't have voice. They, you can't have one without the other. So um yeah, breathing is always where I where I lead people back to because it just does so many things for you. Nice. And I'm sure there's there's so much more with breath. Um, I mm. know. I'm going to ask you in a minute the, the questions that I ask everybody. And one of them mm. is where we can find you. So I know you probably do some breathing exercises on your TikTok or wherever as well. Um, is there anything else from you around the mental health awareness stuff or anything from your own journey before I dive into the, the wrap-up questions? Yeah, sure. So because things have been really hard over the last little while and and I think what you know what that was born out of was uh, out of a bit of fear for you know what's happening around the world and how do I how do I fit in it and how do I you know how how do I be effective and what I want to be in inside the world and it turned into a bit of a a bit of a hustle culture like just going and going and going and going to the point where your body actually says no and you have to stop so I think 
if you can feel yourself pushing, I'd just invite you to think about why you're pushing and actually what would it be like if you just stopped? What would happen if you just stopped? Because I, I had to do that just recently. My um, my pushing led me to having a very, very uh, hard mental space. Like I, my thoughts were terrible. I couldn't, getting out of bed got really, really difficult. Sitting in front of my computer would send me to tears. It was just, and so, and I was looking at that thinking, why can't I do this? Why can't I do this? And it was actually because I just needed to stop and I needed to take stock of what I was forcing myself into. So um, if anybody, because I know that that's, that's kind of the buzz that everybody's on at the moment. Everybody's so tired because they've been pushing and pushing and pushing. So if that is happening, you know, I'd, I'd just like people to take stock for, you know, even if it's for a couple of days, just see if you can stop and see and see what happens and just breathe for a little bit. I'm sure it'll be helpful. Yeah, definitely. Because um, not everyone is designed to go, go, go all the mm. time. And we did do some episodes previously around my one of my favorite topics, human design. Um, and some people do have more capacity to keep going, but even the generators, which is me, we do need to rest and stop sometimes. Mm. And I think also for everybody, making sure we're in alignment and doing doing something that, that either lights us up or that comes easily or effortlessly. And that's when the invitations and opportunities come in. We don't yeah. have to make the invitations and opportunities happen. We just have to be on path doing what we love or resting, like you said. So mm. it was that your experience. Did you have some invitations and opportunities come your way when you did stop? I did. I did. I was about ready to uh, to change direction completely. I was going to go get a new qualification. I was. I was just. I was done with all of my voice stuff because for the last three years I have been working so hard to try and make my business work, or you know, get more voiceover jobs, or you know, all of that sort of stuff. And it led to that point where I just had to stop. And because I stopped and just sat, I think I sat for about. And I'm very, I'm, I, I will admit, I'm very lucky that I am able to do so. I, um, I stopped for about two and a half weeks. I just no, nothing. I did nothing unless it was absolutely essential. And, um, and once I'd done that, my my mind had the opportunity to clear up a little bit, and stuff started coming in. And as it started to come in, I actually felt like I had the energy and the capacity to respond to it. If that stuff had to come in the couple of weeks prior, I would have looked at it cried and then not answered it <laughs> that would have been the order that things had gone in so um yeah absolutely that that's exactly what's happened for me just recently the the thought of stopping and not trying to control mm. everything in my life meant that something could actually turn up for me rather than me having to force it yeah and it, it was um it was a it was a nice little um oh, it was awful but it was a lovely little thing to go through <laughs> great in hindsight <laughs> And our voice, of course, has the power to say yes or no. So when mm. invitations or opportunities come in, you know, via email or someone calling you or bumping into someone and they offer something, we don't mm. have to say yes. Did you find yourself saying more confidently saying no to things that weren't in alignment? Abs absolutely. Absolutely. I find that so much easier now because I used to think it was like a... Well, if something turns up, you should say yes to it. Like, why would you say no? Like, you know, what you don't... You're not in the position to say no. Just say yes. And actually by... Uh, by saying no to things like like you know take your time to think about it and um, gut instincts are usually pretty good but you know we live in a world where we have to think about our realities and our finances and our you know our kids and all those things and um and it's good to think about but the more confidently you say no to things the more confidently you can say yes to things when you do really really want them 
Yay. The power of the voice. All right. Mm. I'm going to ask you, what is one thing you've done in the past year, Tessa, where you truly upped your brave? I didn't give up. And even though I said that I nearly gave up and went and did a, a different thing, I, I, every time something didn't work out, I problem solved. And I think, you know, me in the past, I, I might have just gone, oh, well, this is just rubbish and nothing's happening and I can't do anything and, and it would have stopped me as a person. I think um, what I've really learned to do just recently is that when something doesn't go my way is to make a new plan, make a new plan, keep changing. Because I used to think that everything was so, it'll happen like this and then this will happen and then this will happen. And uh, the rude awakening I've gotten just recently is that that is absolutely not how it works. And you need to be fluid with things so that you can actually make different choices and not feel like the world is going to crumble around you. So that's that's what I've been what I've been doing is not feeling so weighed down mm. by things not going the way that I hoped they would and going actually no that's okay. I can problem solve around that. I can do something different. I can try this option. I can email this person. I can. That's that's how I've been doing it just recently, which is quite nice. It seems really simple, but it's um it's quite a good mindset shift to be like, okay, that didn't work. Let's try something new. So it sounds like that together with allowing yourself to rest, which you did recently is, Mm. has been so helpful, which is, again, it's upping your brave. Allowing yourself to rest is actually courageous. Yeah. Oh, huge. Because like, you know, in in our day, in our day and age, if you're not hustling, if you're not pushing, if you're not, what value do you have? And, you know, and that's, that's the, I think it's a terrible misconception we have and that it's something we need to move away from. It's so valuable to sit and rest but when we do it we often feel like failures or like we're not contributing or you know all of the the host of things that come alongside that so yeah actually that would that would be the other component of my um I was going to say brave upping my brave upping (laughs) just recently is actually just resting because we often don't give ourselves permission to and it's so hard it's so hard to do it but once you've done it stuff starts turning up Yay. Well, for our listeners, if that if that feels right for you at the moment, permission to rest, then mm. definitely go for that. By the way, I do have a hashtag, hashtag up your brave. So awesome. if you pop that in anywhere, Instagram or Facebook, you're going to find all sorts of cool posts and videos and things. Um, bucket list. What is one thing on your bucket list, something you'd love to do, be, or experience in your lifetime mm. that possibly the up your brave reality check radio community can help you to do? Oh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, what would I like to do? Oh, so that's my thinking sound. I um, I do bubble lips when I think. It's probably not great for a. <laughs> for oh yeah, I wanted you to do maybe do some warm up activities for us. How do we warm up ours? <laughs> um, that well, that's one of them. That's that's a really yeah. good one. Uh, I think like part of part of my goals is to um. I actually, I, I would really, really love to be the voice of, you know, like on on a child's children's show or like on a in a film, and like and and doing those character voices and doing acting because acting and 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 voice, are, you know, two of my my major passions. So that's always been something I've been I've been reaching for because I just think it's I just think it's the coolest job un, un, under the sun. So um, that's always been a goal of mine. But you know, other bucket list sort of things are. Uh, writing a book I don't know how the audience can help me with that but I would like to write a book (laughs) well I'm going to write it down we're putting it out there putting it out to the audience putting it out to the universe um voice over for a children's show or something like that like a character in a show or a movie or film we'll put it out there um and then of course your book amazing okay what is coming up for you in the next six months or so and how can we connect with you online 
Cool. What's coming up for me in the next six months is um, is more coaching, which is really fun. So um, I'm doing more voice coaching and uh, and doing it with some teenagers as well as doing it with adults. So that's that's really exciting. But you know, things have changed for me so much just recently that it's hard to it's hard to know where I'll be in six months. Things have just um, they've completely upended. So that's that's the little bit of the goal that I would like to be doing but um, where you can find me I'm on a I'm on TikTok and I'm on Instagram I'm sort of on Facebook but it's gotten um, it's gotten a bit confusing just recently so I've kind of left that one but um, I'm at Tessa Livingston voice across all things I have a website as well so tessalivingstonvoice.com you can find me there and you can also find me on the Good Talkers podcast so the Good Talkers podcast is myself Deanna Cooney from Australia Ashton Helgen from LA and Jordan Greville who is our producer from New Zealand and we sit and talk all things voiceover voice Uh, we talk about like business strategies for like being a voiceover artist and just good human stuff um we also try to make sounds that other people can make that we can't make so it's quite fun (laughs) that sounds so awesome okay Mm. so tessa livingston voice Mm -hmm. and we're going to spell it so tessa t-e-s-s-a livingston l-i-v-i-n-g-s-t-o-n Yes, correct. Voice. Okay, so people can look that up. You can go and follow her on Instagram or yeah. TikTok. Um, and you can have a listen at the Good Talkers podcast. Is that Spotify and Apple and all the places? Yep. Yeah, that's that's everywhere. And we also have a website as well. So if you want to check us out, it's exactly the same. The Good Talkers Podcast at dot uh, com. Nice. Amazing. Yeah. Hey, before we wrap things up, is there anything else you want to share with our audience today? Look, I've had so much fun sitting and talking about this stuff. You know, it's it's just nice fundamental human things. You know, we forget that our voice is not a given of the body. It's actually something that we can work on and we can play with and we can make stronger and we can be more in touch with. You know, it doesn't just, it's not just a muscle. It's part of our spirit. It's part of our soul. It's part of, um, it's a, and it's a part of our physical body. So it needs to be treated with a little bit more gravity, I think. And if, if anybody wants to, um, to have a play with it, feel free to um, to reach out to me because it's always it's always a good thing to do and it's such a holistic practice. So I'm sure you'll absolutely love it. Amazing. Thank you so much, Tessa. Everyone, you've been listening to Tessa Livingston. We've been talking about trusting your authentic voice and mental health awareness. Thanks, Tessa. Thank you. You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio.